Oh, why is it done now? Oh, good evening and welcome to Success in the City. My name is Helen Webster and I'm with the lovely Sandra Scott. And our guest today is the fabulous award-winning Peter Lloyd. Amazing. Welcome, Peter, and thank you so much for coming and joining us this evening. Um, we're going to find out all about you and all your amazing things that you've done um, and uh, all the exciting stuff that you've been doing in the past couple of weeks. Um, but first, we always have our shout out to the little people. So any little people who've gone above and beyond and done amazing things for us. Um, so what amazing things have happened, Sam? Well, I'd people. Like to, um, give a shout out to lovely Thomas. Because I double booked Thomas today with Jacob, and Thomas was nice, and he was very disappointed. He had his cake, he had his coat off. That you could see there was cake on the table. He was all excited. I was like, "No, no, I'm teaching you tomorrow." His mum was absolutely lovely about it. It was entirely my fault. So I said, "Oh, I'll give you free lesson." And then Jacob came. He was fabulous. Who knew all his dinosaurs today, which I hadn't expected because I got him dinosaur stamps. So that was just brilliant. So a shout out to Thomas for just being amazing and lovely and just perfectly well-mannered and decent about everything because he's only and a shout out for Dave, Jacob for knowing all his dinosaurs which I was over the moon with so well they mm. amazing so I'm just having a little bit of trouble connecting to Facebook um, so I'm just trying to get us to connect so we've gone live on YouTube I'm trying to get us to go live on Facebook but it's not playing today for some reason um so anyway um Shout out to the little people. Peter, who's your shout out to? I've got a few. So a few of my um, neighbours in the road. So in lockdown, we had a lot of the children helping out in the road with planting and cleaning up and keeping the street green. Um, so my shout out is to little Joe, Jack and Freya. Amazing. Brilliant. And what does he help you do, Pete? All sorts. So just keeping the street clean and tidy, doing weeding, leaf clearing, debris cleaning, um, and the exciting bit planting. Yeah. Planting. Just getting, and just having just having fun together. Amazing. Our boss is that. I love that. Um so I've got a shout out to the little children who came today to Penny Lane um in the pouring down rain. And um they were able to come out and um it was thunder and the lightning and the rain was absolutely lashing down. Um, and then um, we had a little game towards the end. We could play the imagination games, which was brilliant. And they, they were just really enthusiastic and they got involved, which was boss. So, um, yeah, so that, that's a nice little shout out for all the little people. OK, um, success this week. So I know, Pete, you've had them loads and loads of successes this week. Um, yeah. But just a little something, so we don't want to go into the big story because we're going to share that, you know. But um, a little something that's happened for success this week. But just a little something, so we don't want to go in. Sana, you got you something, something, yeah? No? Yeah, sorry. Uh, I was just trying to put the YouTube on Facebook um, to know. know it's, it's saying an error's occurred. Where's Jason when you need him? Uh, wait a moment and then try again, it says. I'm going to remove it and then put it back on again. I want to see if I can. Maybe gone on live on Facebook again. Yeah, never mind. Um, um, okay, keep success this week. This week, okay. Well, bit of an unusual one. So, as I'm going to Scotland, I noticed in the mirror that my, um, my uh, bumper was coming off. So, uh, I pulled into Burton Wood, I only got as far as Burton Wood, and Helen said, Well, have you got any duct tape? Because she rang me just at the appropriate moments. And I didn't, but I went in, bought some, and managed to tape the bumper up. So that was good. And um, so that was fine, thank God. And it held all the way to Scotland and back, which was a big success, really. It was a positive out of a negative. And the wedding was just fabulous and amazing and lovely. And I feel like I've had a holiday from it. So lovely. That, so I think, hopefully, fingers around all this sound, I've got us to go live on Facebook. So hopefully a few more people. So apologies, um, something happened that it wouldn't let us go live. Yeah. But hopefully now it is. Um, okay, um, success this week, Pete. Um, I don't want to well, give too much away because we're going to interview you in a minute. So a little something. That, um, since I came back from the flower show, um, I've recently had a um, a brand new website um, which has gone live, um, which was designed and built by Clicksels. Um, since then, that's been put up for for um, for, um, for design awards. Um, so it's been awarded excellence um, in user interface design, user experience design, 
design, innovation, and special kudos from the panel of judges. So I'm really happy with um, with Andy and Serge with the work that they've done with my uh, brand spanking new website. So oh, really pleased that. that I've got an award-winning website for an award-winning Peter Lloyd, yeah. amazing. Yeah. So let's put um, we'll put Pete, Peter, we'll put your website into the comments box, and then people can um have a little look yeah. at your award-winning or nominated um, website as well, which is brilliant. Um, so success this week, Sanya went backwards and forwards. Going, I've got to say that my success this week is um being able to start the summer schools, you know, the summer camps for the kids and the families. But unfortunately, as always, you know, with the British weather, and Peter, you'll know a lot about this. Let's teach one till three on Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday morning glorious, Thursday morning glorious, one o'clock, the heavens opened. So yesterday we were in um, Granby Toxteth and our lovely little line dancing ladies were there and it absolutely bounced down. So I put the speaker out and I thought, oh, what are we going to do? So I put Singing in the Rain song on for a bit of a laugh so they'd all sing and join and then i thought oh, i'm just gonna have a little dance so um i had a little dance in the rain um and then today we had um a lovely time at penny lane um which was amazing as well um, but again it started absolutely lashing down thunder and lightning at one o'clock um so hopefully fingers around all the sound next week the weather's going to be uh so so much better so dave verbeek's listening in and he says we love the lloyd so there you go peter lloyd dave verbeek loving you um, so that's cool. Um, so we're going to find a little bit more about Peter and we're going to ask him this or that. So I'll ask um, you and Sandra something and then Sandra will ask me and you something. So do you want to go first, Sam? Okay, I'll go first this week then. Okay. Peter, rockery or pond? Ooh, pond. Mm. Why? Well, just bringing um, wildlife into your garden is really important. Um, and being able to, you know, enjoy water in in the garden. Mm -hmm. I think that I think that gives a garden a lot more than than rockery, in my opinion. Fair enough. I think I'd go pond because you haven't got a weed a pond. <sighs> Whereas you'd have to weed the rockery, wouldn't you? You have to get this all slime in them and everything. And Not if you get a filter. Frogs jump into your house through a calf flap. Anything could happen. They could. What would you? Well, so I take it rockery is your answer then, Sam? Well, actually, Pisa mentioned something there about water. Pisa, I agree. It's nice to have water in the garden. I think that's lovely. But that might come in the form of a water feature that went down yeah. a and was pumped Then. Yeah, I'm not a lover of ponds because I'm phobic of people landing smack in their face and like <laughs> dying in them <laughs> about drowning. And you can drown in a puddle, let's face it. Yes, but um, I think a water feature is a nice thing to have in the garden. Yeah, I think I think as Peter was saying that the sound of water in the garden is, is lovely, you know, and having the wildlife and things. Okay, lovely. so rotivator. Or digging by hand, yeah. so turning the soil by hand, or hiring a rotavator. My allotment's hell. <laughs> well, and it depends on what you're doing. If it's a big job, then a rotavator certainly helps. Um, but I think to appreciate a job um, and appreciate garden, you can't, you know, you can't beat a bit of hand digging. Mm. There we go. What do you and think, it, Sam? And again, it, it depends how it depends what the what the ground's like. If it's hard and tough and clay, then yeah, definitely a rotavator. Well, when I started digging my allotment, Peter, it was hard and tough and clay. Then the heavens opened for a few weeks a while back, and I it was easy to dig, but it was a long. It took me a long, long time, and I'm sharing the allotment now. I've got a bit of help because I've given half of it to Bev Hogan because I was struggling with the size of it. And her husband came along and used a rotavator. And, like, literally the soil's perfect and everything. And mine sort of, I'm picking the veg out between the weeds and I'm weeding it constantly. And I can see the difference in it. But it's just like you said, I had a real sense of achievement of doing, like, a metre a day. But had I got a rotavator from the start, I probably would have managed it all myself. But I might have lost a foot. 
So you've got to weigh up the pros and cons. When I say foot, I don't mean a unit of measurement. I mean, I might have chopped my own toe. <laughs> so that's what made me a bit nervous of the rotavisa, let's face it. Yeah. So uh, hand digging for me. For me, neither. <laughs> I just like I just like to want to um eat what's grown there or cook what. No, I I probably do dig in I think, but I, I think as Pete was saying, you know, if it's a big space, then you need the rotavator, don't you? Um, go on, son, it's your go. Okay, hydrangeas or lilac? Oh well, now it depends on what type of hydrangeas you mean, the paniculata or the um the mopeds. Um, do you go? I'd probably say hydrangeas. Okay. Just because you get them for a lot longer flowering season, um, they're a lot prettier, um, and they just offer that dazzle in the summer. So is the hydrangea the one that you can put things in the soil and it turns the colour off them, or is that a myth? Or am I talking about a totally different plant? You can put you can put um solution in the ground to change the colour, but I tend to just leave it to do whatever it does naturally. Um, I'd say hydrangeas are a lot more fashionable now than what they used to be so you can get yeah. different types of hybrid hydrangeas and you can get nice climbing hydrangeas too um, um, petriolis so yeah hydrangeas all the way for me I'm going to go hydrangeas as well what would you go son? hydrangeas 100% okay. okay theme park or water park? theme park what would you go Sam? So well believe, I know the answer to that. No you don't because I like water parks like so when I used to go to Florida I loved the water park but the only thing I did would go in the lazy river oh. <laughs> around and, the thing and catch the sun you see it's an opportunity to sunbathe for me and so I do quite like water parks but I love theme parks but if I, had to, if I was thinking of like Florida and I was thinking of wet and wild or blizzard beach or something like that against Epcot or Bush Gardens, it'd have to be theme park. Yeah, I'd go water park, 100% water parks, down the slides and everything, yeah, water park for me. But do you find the log flume? <laughs> <laughs> Not really Not water really. park. Yeah, water it is, it is, it is. Um, go on, Sam. Um, okay, Weeping Willow or Oak Tree? Weeping Willow. My favourite tree, Peter. Weeping Willow for me, 100%. It always reminds me of Swallows and Amazons. It reminds me of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Yeah. There's always like our next door neighbour had one um, in the garden and we used to like sit underneath it. So it was like like a bit of a den Aww. already made for you. So it was like really cool they're when you were little. Beautiful, aren't they? They're just beautiful trees. And they're nice over ponds as well because you get a nice reflection. Um, in the pond from them if you want if you like ponds that is but you prefer rockeries this is why you're a garden designer <laughs> yeah. okay. so you could slip on a rockery cut your head open and die or you could fall over in a pond and die so we're on an, and i'm so happy that we're in this beautifully positive um show this evening do you know what I mean? okay um, oh, okay moving on um train or plane Plain. Um, it's been so long, so plain. <laughs> what about you, son? Plain, plane is the best mode of transport in the world. Yeah. Uh, hands down, aircraft, definitely. What plane about... for me, unless it was the Hogwarts Express. Or the Orient Express, which I would like to go on. I'd rather go on the Hogwarts Express than the Orient Express. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is real. You can go on it. You can actually go on the on the train rides okay. on the Hogwarts Express. Okay, so um, that's us done for all this or that. And now we know a little bit more about Peter. We're going to find out even more. So you're going to introduce him, Sam. Okay. Well, I'm so pleased that you've come on our show. Today. There's a bit of feedback from something. Serious bit of feedback there. I believe. Yeah. Peter. Okay. So. Oh <laughs> Thank you for being our guest today, Peter. I'm so pleased you've come on because not only are you a garden designer extraordinaire, but you're a multi-award winner. Um, 
garden extraordinary which we're going to talk about in a minute but one of the things i was delighted about and this show was all set about started about positive things that were happening during the lockdown is you live in Agbeth and you got your whole road didn't you to decorate the front well i'll let you speak about that now but there's loads we're going to find out you've been on telly this week and everything you've done so first of all would you begin by telling us what you did in the lockdown with your road and all your neighbors and everything in Agbeth? yeah sure so um back last year when we went into lockdown um obviously it brought a lot of people together um so it made it made more people connect um in our local neighborhood and we decided to form a street whatsapp group which kind of brought people together to and it was all designed really to help help the elderly people in the street perhaps the people who couldn't get out and do the shopping and to get essential items and so it was more of a help tool but as, as the months went on it developed into a more of a um into more of a community spirit group um so at the back end of last year I decided to run the first, what we called it, we live on Briarwood Road, so it was a Briarwood in Bloom. Um, so at the end of, um, just before Christmas, um, it was obviously going to be a Christmas very much in lockdown. So we wanted to cheer people up and bring a bit of colour into the street. Um, and by doing that, um, I set about um, bringing a few neighbours together to um, help me um, and help a few of the other neighbours um, just tidy up the street so undertake um, debris cleaning litter cleaning um, leaf cleaning weeding um, and the most enjoyable bit planting as well um, when I say all the front gardens um, the only small front garden so it's only a terrace street so there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of space but I always believe a small space there's a lot of opportunity and um, so there's a lot we there's a lot that we did do um, and afterwards the street did look fantastic and um, so with that exercise, we um, instead of them paying me to do it, um, we asked all neighbours to make a contribution um, as little or as much as they want, um, and all the contributions went to South Liverpool Food Bank. Um, so in the first in the first um, hit in December, we raised just over four hundred pounds for the food bank um, and um, one or two donations, um, and obviously we asked people to contribute towards putting plants in the garden. So we asked for a £10 contribution of everybody who wanted to splash a colour um, just to make the street look a bit nicer through the bleak through the bleak winter. Um, so I think I had a budget of about £300 to spend on plants, which I was a kid in the, I was a kid in the sweet shop. Um, so yeah. it was a very good experience. It was, sorry, very good. Um, it was good fun. Um, and it was just a good opportunity as well, not just greening up the street, but coming together with the neighbours um, and with the community, people who maybe I've not spoken to much before um, and just bringing people bringing people together to to bond because it had been a tough it had been a very tough few months um, in isolation and yeah. um, people were shielding and um, a lot of people were working from home and um, a lot of people were stuck in so it was an opportunity to um, do a bit of work um, to help with you know mental health and also physical health um, outside the streets but doing it doing it in a safe manner as well Brilliant. And gardening is known, isn't it? Has anybody got a YouTube one or a Facebook or something? Because it's just having a little note. Um, gardening is known, isn't it, for its mental well-being, you know, um, and, and a lot during lockdown because we were allowed to go outside and do outdoor activities and things. Um, they, were, they were encouraging people to, to, to garden and, and allotments and, and things like that. So it's, it's an amazing thing. that, um, And I think getting the little people involved um, that you gave a shout out to is a lovely The little people love doing it. It was good to you know get them involved in it uh, get them interested in it as well um, and when we did it we did it again um in at the end of march so we were trying to make it a seasonal thing so that was the winter clean up we did the spring tidy um, at the end of march and we had more people helping out and we had more houses which wanted to get involved and have more color a tidy up um had it not been for town parking June we would have done it again and um, but I had a, a bit too much on to organize so um, we'll be doing one hopefully um, in the early autumn just to give things a bit of a, a tidy up before before absolutely beautiful because I saw the pictures of the road on Facebook now when I was a kid I used to deliver the Mersey Mart in your road oh, um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. my house <laughs> 
Negbeth Vale. So my first paper round was up all, all that way. Um, and I saw the pictures on your page and I was just blown away. I thought they looked fantastic. So, um, yeah, well done to everyone. Now, you mentioned Tatton uh, Park, the Tatton show then, didn't you? The uh, RHS show, as it's called. Yeah. So would you like to tell our viewers and listeners about that then? What's just happened? Because it's very, very exciting. And you're a bit of a celebrity now. So watch out, Charlie Dimmock. <laughs> So yes, um, I was fortunate enough to be invited to um, exhibit a show garden at um, the RHS Tatton Park Flower Show last month. Um, it, it was a long time coming because I should have done it last year at the Chatsworth Flower Show. Um, but the year that we just had, um, we didn't have any flower shows at all last year. Um, but the RHS um, put my name in a hat to have one this year um, at Tatton Park. So the garden that I exhibited at Tatton was called Breathe Easy. So the background into that was it's a garden for mindfulness. Um, it was very much a mindfulness-themed garden. Um, and part of mindfulness, um, you're focusing on your breathing. Um, so that's why the garden was called Breathe Easy. Mm -hmm. So it was only a fairly small garden. So it was a six-by-six six plot that we um, got on site. Um, so the garden itself, um, as you walk into it, was sunken um, below ground level. Um, so I wanted to give um users the feeling that um that once you're inside the garden um you're in a private and secluded space um, and you can undertake mindfulness either meditation and um, focusing on your breathing um and i think most importantly as well i wanted it to be a, a space where um it brings communities together as part of what I believe in and what I do um, and all the jobs that I try to do and um, I always try to involve the community in some way and um, so the idea is with the materials that I used I wanted the garden if it was to be put in into a real life project it could easily be put into a, a local park a local garden it could easily form part of a you know a smaller part of a larger park or garden um, such as you know Sefton Park um, yeah. or parks yeah. around the city um or also kind of an inner city um private garden um so the garden itself um in terms of the the hard landscaping we used because uh, i wanted it to you know represent the end user um, and where it, where it was going to be where it was going to be put um, so we used reclaimed tropical hardwood sleepers for all of the um, perimeters and um, all of the we claim tropical hardwood was environmentally sourced. So we used a supplier down in Essex. So when I say sleepers, um, they're not the traditional railway sleepers, which we use, which have got creosote and tar on. And uh, they were in fact marine sleepers all the way from London dock. And um, so in that, because they are marine sleepers, there's no tar, there's no chemicals. And um, so it's all environmentally friendly, good for the, um, good for the wildlife, good for the plants. Um, and also when you sit on it um, or perch on it, um, you're not going to get a nasty, a nasty piece of dirt on your clothing because it's, it's, got, not, it's, got, no, it's got no chemicals on there at all. Um, so within the garden, I really wanted to use it as not, not just the ornamental garden where you just go and look at um, and go to enjoy. I wanted it to engage with the community as well. So in the raised bed, we had a, um, a border which contained all edibles um, and medicinal oh, okay. plants. So um, full of aromatics such as rosemaries, lavenders, um, lemon verbenas, um, echinaceas, cotton lavenders, um, lots and lots more. Um, but the idea to um, have that was I wanted people, communities to go in and um, sit or simply just perch on the raised bed. So everything was designed in line with DDA pretty much. So um, although the garden was sunken, um, there was a gate at the back of the garden, which you could get um, in the future, you can get access, level access in there, um, designed to a width. So you'd get wheelchairs in there. There was a turning circle for wheelchairs. Um, and obviously the raised bed was designed at a height where one could easily just perch on to do either weeding, plant care, um, harvesting, or just simply to chill out. So the garden had many, many different functions, um, lots of different seating areas um, and rest points. Um, I always believe that a garden doesn't to have a seating area. It doesn't need to be a formal seating area. It can just simply be a rest post or a rest point or a bed um, to comfortably perch on. 
um, just so that people can enjoy the garden from different from different vantage points. Um, in the opposite bed, we had a lower level border which contained a range of ornamental grasses um, and colourful perennials. So I wanted the garden to be quite soothing and harmonious. So I used a lot of blues and violets and purples in the border. Um, but I also had a bit of colour, a bit of bounce in there, just because we had a in a lower level border, we had a um, a fiberglass sculpture, um, which was. Um, given to me by um, a lady called Stella Lang. Um, she's a lead um, artist, um, project artist, and um, she was working on a pilot project with Merseyside Stroke Association um, over the past few years. Um, and it was commissioned, um, the piece of art was commissioned as part of a, a national lottery project. Um, so it was obviously, it was had, uh, it was, it had mostly patterns on there. Um, so each pattern on the sculpture represented the journey um, of wow. strong survivors um, and that journey signified the before, the during and the after and what that meant, what that stroke meant to each and every each and every survivor um, and that was very much a mindfulness themed um, project which the Merseyside Stroke Association, Merseyside stroke Association undertook um, because they were an art-based activities forms part of the recovery process for stroke survivors um, so that really very much tied into the overall mindfulness theme um, within the garden and it was just a beautiful piece of piece of sculpture which we, we did get a lot of a lot of questions and a lot of um, a lot of interest in that from the public and um, so that was the that was the lower level border um, we had some trees in there some silver birch trees because obviously they would be the kind of trees you'd find in a local park or maybe at the edge of a woodland um, the sleepers were just fantastic we got a lot of um we got a lot of questions about those and um, so all of the garden the whole garden was sensory so as you know a lot of the gardens that i do design they are sensory gardens not just through the planting but also through the hard landscaping as well and um, so the timber sleepers because they were reclaimed um, and had a beautiful patina on it um, lovely and hard inside but it was so rustic um, steeped in history i think they were about 200 years old so they were originally, originally from australia but they'd been brought over and um, to be used at london docks and um, so we had a self-binding gravel footpath which is obviously easy to walk on and it can be easy for wheelchair users to to access and uh, maneuver on um, so the whole garden was 100 percent and was 100 percent accessible um, and yeah. very much a sensory garden for people to enjoy um, and just de-stress um, and reach yeah. from the stresses of everyday life. How many gardens were there there exhibiting? How many different gardens were created at the show? So there were a few different categories. So um, within my category was the full Tatton Gardens. Um, so there were four gardens in total. Um, for, within my category, um, so there were two charity gardens. There was a there was a Macmillan and a Cancer Research, um, and then there was two um, garden separate gardens. Uh, there was Pip Pip Pro with myself. Um, so there were four, four in total, four 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 big gardens, um, and then they had a young designer category as well, um, which is I'm not I'm not that young, unfortunately. Um, I don't come into that classification. Um, not being under, I think it's twenty eight. It is. So there was a young designer category, and I think there were six in that. Um, so that'd be ten. Plus they had smaller back-to-back -back gardens. Um, so that's just a category that they have at Tartan every year. Um, and they had about there were about twenty in total, I think. And tell us about the award you won, because you won an award, didn't you? I did. So I was awarded a silver gilt medal, um, which I was really thrilled to receive. Um, obviously, it's my first my first RHS flower show experience um, and in that obviously I've done I've done Southport before um, but obviously doing the RHS one it's a different kettle of fish the standards were a lot higher and it was a good opportunity for me to pit my wits against peers um, in the industry but also the garden was being judged as well um, by professionals in the industry and um, so for it to be awarded the silver gilt um, which is only one down um, from a gold, um, was really, really impressive. Um, and I was thrilled to receive it. 
And so, you, do they welcome you back? Do you, do you get the opportunity to go back, or do you have to apply, or how, how does that hopefully work? Hopefully, they'll take hopefully they'll take me back. Um, but we, yeah, exhibitors do need to apply for it. So the process was um, submitting a design. Um, with the technical information, drawings, um, putting together a bit of a reason why you're doing it. Um, so when you apply, your application is assessed by a panel. Um, so it was it was accepted last time. So hopefully, um, if I decide to do it again, which I think I will, then yes, it'll go past the panel of judges um, who'll say yes, come in, or, or, or they might give me a bit of feedback to say, you know, you may like to see this. And um, so, yeah, fingers crossed. And Peter, um, is this because you won this uh, Silver Guild that you were on the telly? Because um, you were interviewed, weren't you? And you were on BBC Two on Saturday evening, weren't you? Yes. So um, Joe Swift, um, who is a garden designer, he's a presenter for garden as well. And they did some televised coverage on Saturday, well, on Friday and Saturday night. Um, so Joe was in my garden on I think it was Thursday morning and mm -hmm. um, spent an hour and a half um, I think to capture about four or five minutes worth of coverage so he did a bit of an explanation um, himself um, a bit of a walkthrough explaining a bit about my garden and then he invited me in to my own garden and um, <laughs> to ask some questions about 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 the garden a bit about the sculpture because that was a that was a big interest point a bit about mm -hmm. the planting as well and yeah and just to congratulate me on my on my medal so it was great to to have joe in the garden with me and yes it's on um, it was on bbc2 on saturday night and um, from seven to eight so if you did miss it then you can yeah. catch it on bbc iPlayer. brilliant because i was at a wedding and i'd like to watch it desperately yeah fantastic because i don't know anyone who's won a medal before for gardening at all Hello. Um, so I just want to say that Joanne Fife is listening in and she says, um, thanks to the breeze, e Breathe Easy Garden and Peter's knowledge, I now know the large daisies are called echinaceas. <laughs> so you're teaching the world as well about plants, which is amazing. So we've got someone watching from me uh, who's in New Orleans and Thomas put gardening as therapy is called haughty therapy. I did I not agree. know that. Makes sense. And but Tom, you won a medal at South. Um, sorry, Peter, you won a medal at Southport, though, didn't you? Yes, it feels like a long time ago now. That was um, nearly two years ago. Um, so that was a garden called. Um, that was a that was a garden to raise awareness of pulmonary fibrosis, um, which is a debilitating and life limiting um, lung disease. Um, and that all stemmed from my dad, who sadly lost his life with pulmonary fibrosis um, back in 2014. Um, and I think that is really what inspired me to design gardens for illness um, and accessibility. Um, and also not that all, all gardens should be a place of enjoyment for anybody, whether you have an illness or not. But I think um, because of his final years, um, being a keen gardener himself and an inspiration to me he wasn't really able to enjoy his garden as much as what he should have done just because of the way the garden was laid out and the design of it and um, so that's what really inspired me to go and want to you know design better spaces for people with accessibility problems um, which is why i designed it so i did the um it's brought on board pulmonary pulmonary fibrosis trust which is a ch national charity supporting and patients with um, pulmonary fibrosis mm -hmm. and um, we used them they came along to the show and um, so yeah again that was very much a sensory garden and a garden for accessibility um, and that was a great experience being at Southport it really kind of gave me the the show experience that I needed to get my foot on the on the ladder in that respect and um, yeah it was great and I got a gold medal at Southport yeah, very good. You'll have to get a big, massive, huge trophy cabinet now. Um, so how long do you get to, um, you know, before this, the, the, the show opens, how long do you get to create and do the Not design so it's ready for, yeah, yeah. Do you, mean, do, you mean the, do you mean the build itself? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not long. So for this show, we got we got two weeks. So we got access on the 5th of July. So we had just shy of two weeks. So the first week was spent doing all of the digging 
getting a sunken area and doing the hard landscaping with the sleepers and getting the sleepers on site. They were really, really heavy um, because it was all natural, natural wood. Um, and then in our second week was more the planting and doing the finishing touches to it. Um, we had a few little snags with the planting this time round. Um, so I used a, a source to plant from a nursery down in Hampshire who specialise in supplying and growing plants for, for flower shows. Um, but because of the weather we've had this year, it's been it's been so unpredictable. Um, mm. A lot of the plants that I wanted for the show, I couldn't get because they'd either fallen too soon um, and they were past the best um, or they were you know, they weren't going to be ready until after the show. Um, so the plants that I needed for the show had to be perfect. Um, and also there's been issues with Brexit as well. So plants that I wanted to get from Holland and Spain, basically the nurseries that we use over here, they don't want to know, um, unfortunately, because obviously we're not in the EU anymore. So that, that's a really different story. So we had, we had to... Um, Using, um, we had to use our supply chain in the UK a bit more uh, because of the um, the, pro- uh, the issues with Brexit. So it just meant that I had to go down there and make a few substitutions with plants. Um, and I had to do that because um, it was obviously I've got a brief. The garden was judged based on the brief. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to make sure that the plants that I, well, I had to make sure that the brief that I'd written for myself, um, I was still going to stay true to that um, because obviously that's yeah. where you get that's what you get marked on and um, so obviously sensory planting and um, planting which was you know the colors and the feeling of the garden all had to meet the brief so um, it was very important that i had to go down there so that took a few days off the job and um, so the, the second week was quite stressful because um traveling down to hampshire um was a little bit <laughs> a little yeah. bit stressful yeah. but um it worked out very well in the end um, and i got the plants that i wanted yeah. Really got a silver medal, so amazing. Um, Richard Lloyd listen, Silver Guild, sorry. Um, oh, Richard Lloyd is um, listening in, and he says he's so proud of my cousin's achievements. So thank you to Richard. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, so um, after the gardens all, you know, the, the, the show's finished. Um, what happens to the garden? Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the garden. So it's always a bit of a shame when you have a show garden and you dismantle it because it, it's so sad because you, you put your heart and soul into it but with this garden we wanted it to be as sustainable as possible so we didn't want to have any waste or we didn't want to be knocking down any block walls and putting it into a skip so we wanted all of the materials to be reused and um, but also we, we wanted the garden to be reused as well and um, so we had um, decided to gift the garden to the walton center in Fizakali, um, which is next to Aintree Hospital, as, as I'm sure you know. Um, so the garden has links to um, neurology and neurosurgery with the sculpture, which was um, produced with the Stroke Association Merseyside. Um, so it almost felt like a perfect fit. Um, and alongside that, the contractor who was working with us at Mustard Seed Gardens, Jonathan, he's a patient at the Walton Centre as well. So there was kind of a lot of personal connections there um, and also family connections as well. And so we met up with the Walton Centre before before we did the show garden just to to make sure that they could facilitate the garden. And so within the Walton Centre, they've got a couple of staff, they've got a couple of courtyards. Um, in particular, they've got a staff courtyard, which doesn't really have that much greenery in there. Mm-hmm. And so we identified the staff courtyard as a place where the garden could be placed. It's got a good aspect because um, the garden was designed for southwest, for southwest facing. Um, and we just thought overall, who deserves the garden more? after the past 12, 18 months, the NHS, um, for staff to enjoy, um, but also for patients um, to enjoy as well. Um, so the garden was, and um, we finished off moving the garden today, so Tatton's clear, and the garden is now at the Walton Centre ready for construction. So we're hoping that within the next two weeks, there'll be a brand new garden there for the, um, oh, for the patients wow. and the staff to enjoy. Amazing. That's amazing. And I'm sure that the staff will just absolutely benefit massively from it. Um, Because as you say, you know, they have had a really tough and and they've just been phenomenal, haven't they? You know, we're just so lucky to have um, the staff. But for them to be able to go outside and maybe 
have a little quiet time and, and and just appreciate you know and and you know being in the garden and the green space just you know helps them relax and and uh, yeah. yeah and just enjoy the space so so the builds that'll take another two weeks is that right yeah about another two weeks yeah. so but with the show garden itself um it was only built to last five days a week um so obviously when we construct it again at the Bolton Centre it'll be constructed to stand up for a lifetime so we just need to be mindful of that when we're putting in you know we'll have to put in concrete footings for the sleepers um, and obviously the footpath as well and we'll have to be durable um, but yeah we, we reckon it'll be about two weeks worth of work. Um, yeah. That's such a good thing to do isn't it? Um, so we'll be putting on the link I'll be putting the link for the iPlayer and all the information if people want to access it and watch your interview on that was on BBC Two on uh, Saturday. So and there's lots of um, photographs, isn't there, on um, Peter's Facebook? So we'll, we'll put Peter, uh, yeah. Peter Lloyd Gardens, uh, Gardens yeah. by Peter Lloyd um, Facebook um, page up as well, and people can go on and have a little look around and stuff like that, which is um, pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, thank yeah. you. Tom, so not only are you a gardener extraordinaire, you're also um, training for a marathon. I am. I must be crazy. I must be crazy. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And I've not trained for three. And now I've not. I'm a bit embarrassed because I've been so busy the past few weeks. I've not done any training at all. Um. So I'm back on it again tomorrow. Um. Because I've only got two months to go. So yeah, the London Marathon. Um. Is what I'm training for. Um. So it's the first year I think, or one of. You know, it's um. It's on the third of October. It's usually in April, I think. Um. Yep. But obviously because of, because of COVID, they got they got flipped forward to um. To October so yes I'm going to be running my I'm going to be running my first marathon and I'm going to be running the marathon um, to raise awareness and to raise funds for a charity called the War Memorials Trust right okay so War Memorials Trust works to protect um, and conserve war memorials and it does that through giving conservation advice um, and it also facilitates grant schemes as well um, for the thousands of thousands of war memorials across the UK. So there are an estimated 100,000 war memorials in the UK. Um, and obviously they were all built, you know, just over just over a century ago, between like 1918 19, 19, 19, and 1921 after the First World War. Uh, and they were all, they were all constructed um, by communities, all paid for by communities. Um, obviously as time's got on, um, custodianship of war memorials, you know, it comes a little bit blurred. So in some cases, we don't know who who who's responsible for war memorials, um, and that led to some war memorials falling into a state of disrepair. Um, so during the centenary for World War One, um, which was only a few years ago, um, the um, war memorials just received some money from the government to help restore. Um, some like a lot of the um, war memorials desperately in need um, of conservation of necessary conservation and repair works um, and i was fortunate enough to work on board with them so as you know as you guys know my, my background stems to building conservation um, and architectural design as well so i was fortunate enough fortunate enough to do some work with war memorials trust and um, to help them in that in that program during the first world war and um, given helping helping custodians um, and grant applicants, giving them technical advice on what they can't do, um, and giving them also, and also giving them advice on best conservation practice, um, in line with Historic England um, and the statutory bodies. So, yes, so I think it's really obviously now that the centenary is finished for World War One, um, as a charity, they rely solely on public public donation on, on donations mm -hmm. in the public. Um, so that's pretty much why I want to help them. Um, I want more people to be aware of what the trust do, the help that they give the public um, and grant applicants, um, and most importantly, um, help um, us preserve these important heritage assets for future generations. I think it's really important um, and acts as a reminder um, to everyone of the sacrifices made um by the service personnel so yes i think um so that's what i'm running the marathon for to help, you know, to help the trust. i would say um, 
at the top of Law Hill in Dundee on Sunday. My brother took me up there with my sister. And it's the highest point in Dundee. And you can see right across the city, across the, the Tay and everything. And at the top is a war memorial. And I was only looking at it and they spoke about all the sacrifice of life and how many people yeah. had died from Dundee in the First World War. And I only saw that on Sunday morning. It never entered my head who's responsible for that memorial. They're, they're just there, aren't they? You know, you yeah. do, don't realise, I suppose, and all of these things do cost money yeah. in the maintenance of them, etc. So that's that's really interesting you've chosen to do that. Fantastic. And I think what's great is when you follow your journey, Peter, you know, if you, so I've been following your training on, uh, you know, on Facebook and stuff, and um, you do some great posts because you actually incorporate the war memorials around in your runs so you know you're running somewhere and then you take a little picture don't you of a particular war Next memorial, memorial. And, and i and i was a bit like you sandra you know i didn't mm. it sort of didn't even enter your head that you know the look that no. and yeah, obviously and you know they are and i don't think people appreciate how many there actually are and not not just in the country but in our own city you can it's not it might not just be a a a cross or an obelisk or a cenotaph, but it could be a, it could be a hall, it could be a building, or it could be something as simple as a plaque on a building. And um, so we've got loads of them around. And um, in terms of training past the war memorials, I think I've made a rod for my own back because I've done I've done all the ones around my within a certain radius of my house. So now I've got to run even further now to get new ones. So. <laughs> So what mileage are you up to? What 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 you're on with you? Are you on target? Have you have you downloaded the plan? Have you have you been given a plan or or are you just um, doing I've been it yourself? working roughly. I've been working roughly to the plan. Um, I've done a I've done a half marathon so far quite easily. Uh, I'm happy with that. Um, I just need to do it again. Um, so I'm I'm happy with where I am. However, trading has been at a standstill the past three weeks. So. It'll be interesting to see how I um, have a fair tomorrow. You'll be cool rocking it again. And I think that's, you know, a lot of people when they do the marathons, they say that the hardest part of a marathon is the training because it's the dedication yeah. of the time um, that it takes to train for a marathon. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, the weekend, your, your long run can be like three, four hours and things to take. And then you've done like, you know, a couple of hours through the week as well um, to build up the mileage. But you've got off the mileage in your legs, haven't you, you know, to be able to carry on and stuff. So yeah. absolutely and, the right, amazing. and the right food as well, the right, the right nutrition is important as well. Yeah, 100%, 100%, you've got it. A great one is sponge cake. Sponge cake? Yeah, Every, be, be, before I go for a race. So, yeah, before I have like a half, half marathon, before I did Tough Mud or anything like that, um, sponge cake because it's got all of the carbs and proteins and, and, and so I have like cream cake and stuff like that. It's got every, all the fat and everything. Sort of like the thing. So lots of weightlifters have the power of the pizza. Um, because a pizza's got you know everything so they, they'll have the power of the pizza they have a pizza and then they can lift really heavy because it's got your carbs and your your fats and, and all your, your proteins and bits and pieces um but for me personally sponge cake um so having a couple of because it's quite light you know it's not heavy on your stomach some people have porridge yeah. and stuff like that i can't eat before it, a run but, but but a sponge cake for me might, might just be an excuse to eat cake for me that is um, that's a great excuse i like <laughs> thanks for the tip but a sponge cake, yes, it, it's, it's high in calories and off you go and you burn it as you go for your run, you know, and it's quite light. So, yeah. so for me personally, the sponge cake really works. Um, so, yeah, that's my little tip for you, the sponge cake. So amazing, amazing story and so, so much, you know, that you've achieved yeah. and, and, you know, that you're going to continue achieving by donating the garden and by doing your War Memorial Trust and yeah. um, just absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah, thank you so, so much for, for sharing your story with us. And it's just, Very much so. you are inspirational. Amazing. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, so we're going to move on to our red face moment. So something slightly embarrassing, possibly that's happened that people can laugh along with. So people only tune in to hear Sandra's red face. <laughs> so last week, Peter, you may have missed this. I realised I'd planted a runner bean by accident in my hanging baskets with the other flowers, which are meant to be blue flowers and purple flowers to go to the front of the house with the lavender and all of that I've planted. And then I thought, what's that red thing? And I looked and thought, oh, God. And I realised I had a runner bean plant coming down from my hanging basket. So this is what you're dealing with with me in the garden. But there we go. We're getting there slowly. I'm going to Google cotton lavender afterwards and a couple of other things you said that I've made a note of as you were talking. Well, I've got a few, you know, every I've got loads of things. The bumper half hanging off on the way to Scotland. Um, it's, there's just so many. However, 
a very in oh something did happen helen that you missed today when they were talking about something and they said referring to me as well as you these two are dead fit you missed that and i went <laughs> and i thought that lady's including me in this conversation i thought i won't i won't let her know i'm not i won't say anything. You are. and i thought you wear a pair of leggings and you wear the proper gear and people think they think you that you I should have said, oh, yes, yes, I'm training for a marathon as I should have known. <laughs> you just collapsed on the floor laughing. Anyway, meanwhile, Peter, Helen goes, we're at this thing and we're doing all these, the work with the kids and stuff, all different activities, chatter fit and imagination games, whack-a-ball, etc. And Helen goes, we're doing acupuncture in there. He said, we can have a go. We just go for 20 minutes and try it. So I went, all right then, you know, I'll try anything. So I went in and you sit there and we're all sat there apart from each other. So the lady goes, sit there. She goes, I put this breathing music on. So we're breathing and out, breathing in and out slowly. Anyway, she picks me first. The woman puts pins in my ears that would stick. And I went, ah. <laughs> and she was going, breathing, breathe out. So I was thinking, and it really hurt. So she did for, and then she went, lung and stuck in here the fifth point was for your lung or whatever now i think my lungs are all right but anyway that hit but that was hang on hang on then she asked you were you gonna smoke is that what she <laughs> so when she put the fifth pin in you so sandra so the way the way the circle went I was facing Sandra, so I was doing the don't look, you know what I mean? I was like looking at the floor, yeah. really trying to focus in front of me. And as they went like that, she went, ah! <laughs> and she put the pin in it here. And she went, oh, are you a smoker? And you went, no, I am not. And she said, oh, because sometimes it really hurts if you're a smoker. And then she did your other ear, didn't she? Which was killing me. So she said, I've just got three in that one. So I had five things in this. And then when I saw Helen's, I thought, she's got big, got my big orange things to get. And there's these other two of them, and they go, and they're all dead relaxed. And I was like, I'm lagging here. And I sat there, particularly my, it was absolutely killing me. And I was thinking, just sit there, just sit there, be. And then I was thinking, it was awful. So then I went, anyway, Helen has to go and get to the air. Uh, pins taken out of it and I was like that <gasps> and then I thought she had to go anyway so then she took the ones out and I said well, I said it's terribly painful so she took them out of my ear and then Helen's outside it was fuming and she said it was bored oh it was absolutely awful and, but, and the other were going out. and this lady goes she goes I found it so relaxing I was in agony my poor left wing then, oh I haven't told you the best of it she comes over and she gives you like a little white thing. So just went, she went, best do that here as well. And I thought, and like blood everywhere. <laughs> I thought, she's clearly hit a vein. No wonder I was in agony. Honestly, it was awful. So that was hilarious. Lots of so I did the I did the deep breathers. So in the end, I had to close my eyes because every time I opened them and looked at Sandra and I was gone, I was just like laughing. I was thinking, no, stop it. These people laugh are like trying to kill. Laugh yeah. So she sat there with these like pins sticking out of her ears with these like orange <laughs> pins. Love to see that. And, and her face, I'm sure there's a photograph. Um, and her face was like, uh, it was like. How many um, more minutes to the lady? And she went. And I was like, and I thought, I said, I said, I said, oh, I said, I've got to go. And she said, oh, 10 minutes. And I said, oh, sorry, I've got, because I couldn't sit there much longer because I was just like laughing. And I thought, oh, I need to get out because I'm going to spoil the experience for others. But it was all right. It was all right. And, and so it's in Penny Lane, isn't it? On a, been there, yeah, on a Wednesday. Yeah, Friday, so that's all right. Yeah, we've been there. Um, so we're going to move on to a skill share. Okay, a skill and Peter, we were talking about skill shares before we, we came on. So something that you can share with people, maybe, you know, we were talking about hanging baskets and, and feeding them, weren't we? Yeah, so probably now now's a good time of year where perennial, colourful perennials start to fade, fade and flower. So it's a good opportunity to start feed, keep keep feeding stuff uh, weekly using like a tomato food. Um, or a liquid seaweed and um, you can use that in obviously in tomatoes but you can also use it in the roses to keep um to keep the blooms keep coming out um or you can use them for other colorful perennials 
So keep, keep everything fed with tomato food or liquid seaweed. And that can be used for hanging that can be used for hanging baskets too. Well, I'll bet in mind my green beans will flourish. And that is what the man who sold me the um geraniums last year at Great Home Street Market said. He said, put tomato food on them as soon as you get in. And yes. I did, and I they One have the best things all year. Brilliant. Amazing. Fantastic. Keep that head in as well. Sorry. Keep that heading the plant as well. Yeah, because that keeps them going, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And my dad showed me how to do that last week on one of Aww. the thingy plants. Um, so shout out to the grown-ups. Which grown-ups have done amazing things? San, have you got any grown-ups you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, shout out to the lovely people at the wedding this week. I, do you know what? I was so looked after by my gorgeous family up in Scotland. I can't tell you. I was taken everywhere, driven everywhere. I just, I felt so loved and cherished. And they were so, so kind to me. And everyone at the wedding was fabulous and all the speeches. And it was just the most relaxed. It was just such a lovely time. Shout out to the girl who worked at Burton Wood who helped me and lent me the scissors for the gaffer tape to hold me bumper on. Thanks. Big shout out to her. That was great as well. Okay, fabulous. Uh, what about you, Peter? Have you got any grown-ups to give a shout-out to? Yeah, I've got my next-door neighbour, Jane. Um, obviously, through, lock through lockdown, through um, the Tatton Park Flower Show, I was spending that much time um, watering my own garden. Um, I got home every night, and my garden looked so sorry. Um, oh. Everything was starting to wilt, and as a garden, and that's not good. So while I was at Tatton, she was keeping all my plants um, well hydrated. So, yeah, thank you, Jane. Thank you, Jane. Well done. And that's lovely. Um, I want to shout out to, to the to the um, lovely um, older ladies who came out yesterday in Granby Toxus. Um, so they haven't seen each other for 18 months um, and the centre's still not open. So it was an outdoor event. Mm. And... Um, Older people have a lot more resilience and, you know, they, they put the boots and, and the right coat on and, and out they go. And they all came out and um, it was just lovely to see them all. And, and they actually, as part of the um, activity day, the first 30 people who arrived got a hanging basket um, that they were able to take home, which is a lovely thing, isn't it? Um, and it was begonias, wasn't it, in the hanging basket? And it was just lovely that... Um, Peter's like, oh, don't put begonias in basket. I don't like begonias, sorry. <laughs> oh, I love, yeah. Um, but it's lovely that, you know, there's going to be 30 nice, you know, houses with, with a hanging basket outside, which lifts the area, and it was nice and colourful and things like that. So um, it was lovely. So Joanna Fife is saying, my friend did something similar last week. She put a plant in front of her downpipe, intending it to grow up in time. Ah, nice. She thought it was a sunflower. However, it started sprouting a vegetable and it turned out it was a pumpkin plant. <laughs> Brilliant. That's, that's me all over. That's me. I mean, my dad's got some bulbs last year and he planted them and there was some, I think, blue ones and white ones or something. And the blue ones came up and flowered and the white ones didn't. And it, so my brother's a gardener as well. And he went, they're onions. And they, they were actually onions. So the bulbs must have been put in the wrong packaging, um, wherever they were. So, yeah, so they had onions. Um, so a positive challenge, Pete, a positive challenge that we can give to the listeners to um, go out and do something positive. Plant more plants um, for the benefit of pollinating insects. Because uh, we need to be, we need to be encouraging more wildlife and insects um so maybe putting in now's a good time to put in kind of your your plants um your your late summer perennials um, whether you've got verbena benariensis you could put in eryngiums um, otherwise known as sea holly and um, rubecchias um, or heleniums um echinaceas which i had at the flower show and um, there's lots and lots of different and plants for pollinating insects we can be using um, to encourage more wildlife. Brilliant. And there's quite a lot of, um, like in the central reservations, they've sort of spring oh, up the, like yeah. the wildflowers and things, haven't they? Which yeah. looks lovely, you know, as, you, as you're driving well. along. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. been that's brilliant because, easy. yeah, and it's also saving, um, it's even like the local councils and things, loads of money because they haven't got to um, mow up and down and stuff like that. Um, and yeah. it just looks so much nicer, doesn't it, when you're driving along and you've got like I poppies and blue yeah. ones. I don't know what the blue ones are, but they look nice as well. Yeah. yeah. If you're doing that as well, it's always good not just to throw it down on grass and um, preparing the surface first. So either tearing the turf over um, to create a bed um, or giving the, giving the um, 
the lawn and scarify just so that when you put the seed down it's got something to to grow into Mm -hmm. see we're learning loads today today. i've written loads down that he said he's good on his latin as well he is indeed so not as good as you you, sandra (laughs) (laughs) we've come to the end of the show peter thank you so so much for giving your time and and sharing your inspirational story sandra you've been amazing and we've had a great laugh this week and i'm sure we'll have a laugh for the next couple of weeks (laughs) Um, but peter's gonna give us some more of his latin and he's going to do his closing quote of which was his school something or other motto that you live by achievement by faith and work achievement by faith and work yes really amazing and grasped and you'll get it just keep yeah just keep keep going um yes just believe in what you do that's us. Keep on keeping on. That's what we always yeah. say, don't we? So thank you very much and we will see you all next week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.